But let me share with you my heart. That's why I'm here. Huh. You know what? We've already praised the Lord, so you, you can go ahead and sit down. And uh, I'm just going to start preaching. Praise God. I want us to go to Matthew chapter 5 and 14. I want to read a couple of verses there. And uh, I, I believe that the heartbeat of your pastor is revival. And uh, I believe if we can catch this vision, that uh, I, I believe by this time next year we can be doubled in size. Uh, I, I do. I, I mean that with all my heart. There isn't anything better than good church. And, and God has brought uh, this, this for this such a time as this. And uh, come on, let's work and labor together. And, and I want your pastor to call me and tell me what all's taking place. And uh, I, I'm believing with you. But let me share with you what I feel in my spirit tonight. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let, let me ask this congregation. I, I need some participation here. <laughs> How many in this house has ever had a miracle? I said, how many in this house has ever had a miracle? And I come to tell somebody, uh, if he filled you with the Holy Ghost, uh, you ought to be on your tiptoes uh, thanking God uh, that he brought you out of darkness uh, into uh, this marvelous light. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. So let me ask you, how many has shared that miracle? It's one thing to have it. It's another thing to share it. So I come tonight to simply preach don't let the miracle die within you. If we're not careful, what God has done for us, uh, it gets hid. Uh, it's forgotten. Uh, but my God, uh, renew our minds tonight. God does not perform the miraculous in our lives. For us to keep it to ourselves. I got through Sunday night and Sister Abigail came up and started talking about a time when she was on the highway. And off of an exit ramp, somebody almost hit her and she got fearful. She don't really know how it happened, but God made a way where there was no way. How many times has God come through for you and I? I, I headed for the door Sunday night and 
And uh, Sister Mains came up. Said, Brother Shepherd, can I talk to you a moment? I said, well, sure. She said, my husband had a stroke. And the doctor said, he'd never walk again. He'd never talk again. And he'd never eat again without eating too. Does anybody in this house know anything about a feeding tube? I, I would to God we could get some more Sister Diaz that, that would say, let me tell you what he did for me. Let me tell you about an impossibility uh, that was on my life. Uh, but God, uh, but God, uh, I'm preaching to somebody. Uh, don't let the miracle uh, die within you. Psalm 78 and verse 4. Somebody said, you're a little slow. Well, you ought to try this for the past week and we'll see how fast you can move. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. Just a few weeks ago, I had a young couple in a church in Mississippi. The pastor asked him to come up and testify. Brother Eric walked to the pulpit. He said, I don't know if I've ever been behind the pulpit before in my life. And he said, I'm pretty nervous, but I gotta tell you what God has done in our family. He said, a couple of years ago, my wife started having seizures. They became more frequent. They began to happen just pretty often. Ah. And we prayed and we sought God. And we prayed and we sought God. And we, I'm preaching to somebody. Uh, come on here tonight. Uh, sometimes uh, you just gotta keep on knocking. Uh, you gotta keep on asking. Uh, you gotta keep on commanding. Uh, I'm believing tonight uh, is a night uh, for somebody's miracle. Tonight, tonight, tonight. When I was there in, it was February or March. He said, a few days ago, my wife had a seizure and slipped off of the couch. And whenever she did, her mother said, she was standing there by her, she started talking in tongues. Sister Ashley said, I don't remember it. She said, normally when they hit, I don't know it a few minutes before, and I don't know sometime afterward. But her mama said something happened. When she had that seizure, whoa, I want you to know she started talking in other tongues. Something heavenly, something divine started to take place. Whoa. Ah, 
I want you to understand. She said, I had been wearing a prayer cloth on my body for the past year. And we kept on believing. And I kept on changing it out. And I kept on praying. But I come to tell somebody uh, that God healed her uh, of those seizures uh, that had taken uh, a hold on her life. He said... We'd been trying to have a child for some time. And we had gone to the doctor. And and they had told her that she had a cyst on her ovaries. And there was no way possible that she could have another child. After she'd had that last seizure, she went back to the doctor. And the doctor checked her out. And he looked at her and said, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, uh, but you're fixing to have another baby. And I come to tell somebody uh, that in October uh, of this year, uh, they're expecting uh, another baby. Uh, You know why? Uh, Because God came through uh, one more time. Uh, I'm telling somebody, uh, don't let the miracle uh, die within you. Lift up your hands and love him all across his house with me. My God, I'm praying. Let the barren be productive. I said, let the barren be productive. I'm praying tonight for a fast and a swift delivery. When she says she's ready to go, sir, you better be ready to go. Can I get somebody to say amen? I'm speaking to the barren womb. Be thou productive. God, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I'm preaching to this church. Let the barren womb be productive. Let there be sons and daughters born in this house. Lift up your hands and love him with me here tonight. (laughs) 
few years ago, I got up in my home church and I preached. And I looked that congregation in the eye and I said, there's going to be a miracle take place here tonight. The reason I'm saying this is, I believe it's here tonight. You can ask my wife. I don't know if I've said it since then. From this manner. And I said, somebody going to walk in here tomorrow and tell us about what God has done for you. It was on a Sunday night. On Monday night, I walked in. Nobody said a word. And the enemy climbed up on my shoulder and said, you're a lying preacher. I've heard you say it. <laughs> I've heard you preach it. That if it don't come to truth, if it don't come to pass, then you, 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 you a false prophet. My God, I fought that thing Monday night. I went Tuesday. I was in prayer talking to God, saying, my God, God, I don't believe I missed it, but, but it don't appear that it has taken place. On Tuesday night, we walked back in. We sung our songs. Brother Shepherd's still hanging his head. My feet weren't moving quite as fast as they normally are. About that time they got through with that 10th course and old dad Cooley, about 80 years old, stood up and he said, Brother Shepard, I probably should have told this last night. I said, I want to come back here and wring your neck right now. He said, Sunday night, you all prayed for me. And he said, I went home. And as I was undressing to go to bed, I took off my undershirt. And he said, I've had a big old ugly skin cancer here on, on my chest. He said, about that big around. And he said, when I took my undershirt off, it fell in the floor. And God healed the man uh, of those skin cancers uh, that had been plaguing his body. Uh, and I'm preaching to somebody. Uh, that same God uh, is in this house tonight. Uh, I come to preach to somebody. My uh, God, uh, don't let the miracle uh, die within you. Uh, God doesn't perform uh, the miraculous uh, for it to be his. My God, I'm telling you, he's here tonight to work. Would you lift your hands and love him with me just a moment?
I, uh, I got to share this testimony with you. Just simply says, we are the last Brooke family from Algonquin, Illinois. Pastor of the First Apostolic Church there. We have five children. And our miracle was an experience that forever changed us. And I never want to forget that chapter in our lives. So I rewrite it each year. To remind me how great our God is. On that beautiful fall day in 2004, I drove to St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. And I knew in my heart that the hardest part was over. My husband, Mark, 38, had just come through a 12-hour open-heart surgery the night before. The surgeon replaced his aortic valve that was 98% blocked, chiseling through the calcium from the root of the valve to attach the new mechanical valve. However, the surgeon expressed concern that a fleck may have gotten away and Mark could possibly have a stroke. My faith said he had just acknowledged his call to the ministry and he would be fine. On the Sunday before the surgery, the preacher prophesied over him, God knows your name. And from this point on, nothing was ever going to be subpar. When God works on your behalf, he's going to work. God would always go above what he asked and he would know that it was God that worked on his behalf. As I walked through the doors of the CCU that morning, I smiled and said good morning to his surgeon. I'll never forget the look in her eyes as she replied, they didn't call you? Fear hit me as her words tumbled in my ears. He didn't wake up. There's no response. He's not breathing on his own. He's had a stroke and he's paralyzed and there's no brain activity. And she said, and I'm so sorry. The diagnosis was a brain stem stroke. The brain detaches from the brain stem and the person becomes a vegetable. I crumbled. I called everyone I could think of to pray for my husband. And the next hours was filled with begging God and pleading and asking and promising as I reminded him of how far Mark had come from a life of drugs and alcohol. Days passed with him on a respirator. His hands drew up, his feet dropped, and he shook violently. They placed him on an air mattress and discussed rehab facilities as I heard nurses and doctors sadly comment. He's so young. We called his name. We begged him to squeeze our hands and nod his head or give us any sign at all. We prayed over blood transfusions and turned his bed toward the sun and played music and sang to him. The words came, God is going to finish just what he started, even though the waters have to be parted. The surgeon finally said, Lisa, we need to talk. We need to place a trach in so he can be more comfortable and to lower the risk of infection. She said, I replied, no, that will make it harder for him to preach. 
And she said, he won't ever do that. You need to understand that he won't be preaching. He's not coming back. Even if he does wake up, he'll be in a vegetative, a vegetative state. We'll pull the breathing tube in preparation for the trach in the morning. My heart broke. I went home and cried out to God. When I had wept and prayed everything I could think of, I finally said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> There's a time appointed for all of us. And I knew I couldn't beg or bargain with God anymore. So I just said, your will. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. But from somewhere deep in my soul came, you are God, I'm not. And your plan is better than mine. His life is in your hands. If you don't heal him, I will trust you still. The peace that surrounded me was tangible that night. And I knew that God had heard my prayer that night. The next morning, I couldn't bear to watch. So I had a friend with me and said, would you please watch? The doctor told Mark they were going to pull the tube out. We had been talking to him loudly for a week with no response. But when the doctor said, "We're Mark, we're going to pull the tube, he shook his head no. When they removed the tube, not only did he begin to breathe on his own, he began to loudly protest. The tears were turned into joy. For God was working a miracle that was beyond human control. He was paralyzed, still on his left side and confused. He didn't know he'd had surgery or why. He couldn't read. He couldn't write his name. Couldn't call his children's name. But he was awake and he was breathing. The next few days were rough. There was little hope we would even return to normal. In fact, one nurse said to me, this is it. This is the best you'll get. Just be thankful he's alive. I heard another nurse say to another nurse, that wife's in denial. She won't accept this. She will not believe that this is as good as it gets. But they didn't know the God that we serve. Because I come to declare unto you that Mark was fully restored and back to work in eight weeks from a brain stem stroke that doctors will tell you there's no way possible. It just... 
It just doesn't happen. I'm telling somebody, it does when it's in the hands of God Almighty. said I've never seen anyone come back from a brain stem stroke this is a miracle and I've written that in your file I thought every day would be your last but here you stand and you know what it's caused me to be a believer in prayer and there is no residue of a stroke except a slight numbness in his shoulder we were invited back by the OR doctors and the ICU staff to speak uh, on the power of prayer. And our story was printed uh, in the Midwest Heart uh, Institute magazine. Woo! <laughs> he goes back uh, and they tell him, uh, we can't find nothing wrong uh, in your body. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody. Uh, I refuse uh, to let my miracle uh, ago Mercedes-Benz aired a commercial showing the development of a car that was able to absorb the impact of a crash causing minimal damage when asked why they didn't enforce their patent on the sign their reply was some things in life are too important not to share. So I've come to say that any advances in science, medicine, or technology that may save a life, we are all too important not to share. But I come to declare there's something far better than these natural things of life. And I got to tell somebody about the joy and the peace and the happiness and the, all the deliverance I found in Jesus Christ. July the 7th of this year, Debbie James is on the way to her daughter's wedding when an accident happened in front of her. Debbie James has been a been a nurse in an IU in operating room for 35 years and there was a woman that was dying 
She had on the dress she was going to walk her daughter down the aisle in. But everybody said, Debbie James was holding the airway open on a woman who without it was going to die. And they said when the, when the paramedics there, she started directing and telling them what to do. She was in charge. And in fact, when they brought in the air vac, she was holding that woman's throat open with one hand, holding the phone and telling them where they needed to land because this woman needed desperate help now. You know what everybody's talking about? The woman in the pretty dress. Oh, God. But that young lady, I want you to know she was concerned about somebody that was going to die without her help. <laughs> and her daughter said, I know she was going to walk me down the aisle, but I'm proud to call her my mother. And I'm telling somebody, uh, if we hide what we got, somebody's going to die uh, because uh, we failed. Uh, woo! And friend, uh, I can't let this miracle uh, die within me. Would you lift up your hands all across this house as we stand to our feet? I am proclaiming tonight in this house that there are miracles throughout this congregation that God wants to perform. And there are miracles that God has already done in lives. If I had a need here tonight, I'd get up out of that seat. I'd make my way to this front. And I would allow God to work in my life. If you need a miracle tonight, get up out of that seat. Make your way towards the front. And come and help us pray. And watch God perform the miraculous in this house I don't mean to disturb you come on church come on brethren come on sisters come on family don't let the miracle die within you. Come on, church family. Look around real close here. If you see somebody that needs prayer, come on, ladies. Reach over and lay a hand on them. Come on, brethren. Reach over and lay a hand on them. Oh, let's do what Debbie did. Let's make a difference. Let's pray the prayer of faith. I'm preaching to somebody. There's miracles in this house. Don't let the miracle die within you.